Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. Sorry, folks, for delay. Life stuff happens. What's going on, fellas? I mean, I, I, I get massacred if I if I say nothing much or, <laughs> but um, I'm doing okay, doing okay. You know, hot as hell in here. I'm in the DMV. Oh. But, uh, you know, also one of our uh, sports teams is starting to heat up. So, yeah. you know, it's making it a little bit more interesting for them. Definitely. But you were talking about the heat. The heat was real, man. So real. Like, I went out, just went out just to go to the gym, and I felt like I was about to die just to try to drop. And just, just when I got in my car, I, I felt like just making a U-turn going back, just to go back home because it was so hot. Well, I mean, do, do you have an a, do you have an AC in your car? I do, but I mean, when you when you make that walk though, it's just a little exhaust. You know what I'm saying? Like it just hits you because at first, like I, you know, see that's how I know you. That's how I know you're not really Nigerian. I knew you go. <laughs> Wouldn't even be anything to you, bro. Hey that's man, really look, bro. Like I'm just a, you know what you know you. I mean, it's a, it's an odd thing. You're right, man. In terms of me not liking the heat, it is an odd thing. But I just can't stand the heat. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually not alone, though, because my mom can't stand the heat either. And she's a thoroughbred. We were in Nigeria and I remember like she was talking to her. her um, She was talking to her sister. I was out back and I was I was watching her from the balcony and I just saw how I saw her facial expression. And she just like she didn't say bye. She just walked out on him and just went back inside. And I was like, why? Why were you so rude? She was like, it was hot. I was like, you dirty. So I, it's not, I'm not I'm like she didn't say, "Hey, I got it's too hot outside." She didn't say like, "Hey, I gotta go." She just like was there, right back inside. I was like, "All right, yeah, okay, I must get it from you then." Man, AC, man, American AC is great, man. It's a blessing. We it should is. all. It's a blessing. It, 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 listen, it's one of the greatest inventions ever. It one is the greatest invention. I do not. I am truly grateful for it. I mm-hmm. do not take it uh, for granted. Um, you know, so I know there are plenty of people who unfortunately aren't able to mm-hmm. sustain keeping on the ACs all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm truly blessed and I'm truly thankful for that. Man. It's a little things in life for me. Facts, bro. Facts. Our Amp Pyre Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime and John I mean and Jones football hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all Empire shows, as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. 
Will Let's T. Let's get into our tradition. The, the pregame? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Hit it. Pregame. My man. There we yeah, go. I mean, you, you kind of, I mean, you, you, <laughs> I stole you it. cut me off. I know, man. Look, man, it's been a rough did, day, man. You, kind of, you, you, you ruined the moment, you ruined the moment for me. Can, can we rewind? Can we rewind I mean, that's that? Can, that's like, can we do that again, though? That's can my tagline. That's something that, you know, I, come, I, I take pride in. But, uh, hey, you want to rewind that there? We want to do it over. We can rewind nah, it. Nah, man, we already here. Let's, nah, uh, let's, hey, here's what we, we have. Already, we already here. I know, right? Here's what we have on tap. We'll discuss possible hires for the Washington Wizards head coaching position at 825. We'll talk about, hopefully at 825. We'll talk about the Eastern, Con- Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals uh, of the NBA playoffs. Finally, we'll talk about Tank, uh, Tank Davis. And Lomachenko putting in work Saturday night. Uh, but first, as we all know, the Washington Wizards and Scott Brooks parted ways. With all these teams making moves early, like Chauncey Billups going to Portland, Jason Kidd going to Dallas, Brick Carlisle going back to the Pacers. Uh, what's taking the, the, the Wizards so long? It's crazy um, because Udoka. Oh, go ahead, Will. No, no, my bad. Well, well, you you was you was there for a minute. I rotated the ball to you, then Wally messed you up. You know now the ball got passed to me, and Will, you stepped in. <laughs> but real quick, it's just crazy that the, the Celtics hired Udoka, mm-hmm. and when we had Troy Halliburton on for our Scott Brooks special, he indicated that the Wizards were, were heading towards a black head coach. Now, another report from a national news outlet said the same thing. So I'm thinking. That it comes down to two guys. My guy, Sam Cassell. Hey, Wole, I've been saying Sam Cassell for how long now? Even for a minute, bro. For a minute. Now everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. And then, of course, the other name is Wes Unsell Jr. Will T, I don't know how you feel about these two guys. Wes Unsell Jr., obviously, household name. The team dedicated this past season to his father who passed. And he's also somebody who coaches up defense. He had a lot of success out there in Denver. But Sam Cassell is a guy that's been in this organization, has coached in this organization, knows Bradley Beal, played the point guard at a high level. I've been endorsing him for a while. That's my guy if I'm going to hire somebody as head coach. But the knock on him is that he's been on that bench with Doc Rivers through too many failures. What do you What do you guys think? Well, so here's the thing. I think, you know, people want to over-scrutinize Sam Cassell for being on the bench with Doc Rivers and being a part of those failures um, with those teams coached by Doc Rivers. I'll give you another perspective. What if Sam Cassell has learned from those failures? What Mm. if Sam Cassell has effectively said, okay, um, I wouldn't do it like that in his mind, you know, or even verbally he's articulated. I wouldn't do it like that. Um, This is what I would do. So now he's in the position, you know, hopefully – you know, Sam Cassell was a guy that learned as a player, and now as a coach, you could say, okay, I wasn't in the best position um, with those teams led by Doc Rivers, so I know what to do when I get into those situations. I know what potentially could work and what doesn't work. So I think it, you know, I, I think it could possibly be working his favor. Yeah, I think so too. I think Will has a great point. Um, you're looking at Sam Cassell. You can learn from Doc. Doc. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, Doc had made had made some you know, some some suspect moves in uh in in that series with with Atlanta or just in general in, in his coaching career. But he is a champion, so you do get to learn from a guy who who won a championship, who did improve a Philadelphia 76ers team. That a lot of people said that they they just were a better team. Just obviously during clutch situations, uh, just didn't work out for Doc. So Sam can learn from that, you know what I mean? So and he can learn some of the good from Doc. So I think to me, Sam Cassell is in a situation where, you know, he's in a situation where 
he should be able to me to me be a good coach because he learned from a guy who's who's done it before, won a championship, who's been experienced um in coaching, and he can bring his own thing to it. Because we all know, uh, just watching Sam Cassell back in the day with the Houston Rockets and Milwaukee Bucks and whatnot, is that Sam Cassell and and, and Minnesota um is a guy that has a lot of has a lot has a high level of confidence. Uh, which I think will play well with coaching guys, coaching a Russell Westbrook and also a Bradley Bill. So I think Sam Cassell will be a perfect fit for this organization. To go back to your original question, though, what's taking so long? Oh, yeah. Really, they were Definitely. the last team to make a decision. <laughs> so I'm not mad at this time frame because, at least in my eyes, two of the candidates that we're highlighting are still out there on the market. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure they're doing their thorough search of the college game and possibly even the international game as well to see who might be the best candidate. So I'm okay with Tommy taking his time. It'll be interesting, though, to see if your jury comes in mm-hmm. as president of basketball operations. Now, that will change the whole <laughs> dynamic because then he'll be he'll be in control. Tommy mm-hmm. will still be able to make personnel decisions, but your jury will be the guy. So I'll, I'm waiting to see what Ted is going to do on that front, and we have not heard if the Raptors are going to re-up your jury. But no news, I guess, is good news at this point. But it's crazy. Well, right? Let me ask you guys. Go ahead, this. Will. Go ahead. Do you guys think that's ultimately that's what's taking this process so long? They're trying to fill out, you know, will Masai Ujiri get an extension oh, in Toronto? Point. And if he doesn't get an extension in Toronto, maybe they're saying, okay. I think they're just. Let this process play out. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of factors. I do think that, I mean, maybe that's playing a part. I mean, I think you have to also look at what, you know, what Brad, want, I mean, what Brad wants to do. Um, which coach he prefers. So I'm sure there's a, you know, there's a, there's a couple individuals in that office, I'm sure, um, that are kind of making, you know, they're putting in their two sets of seeing who would be best suited to coach this team. Um, I'm not a big fan of this, like the, I'm a, of this process about how long it takes. Cause I do think that if you take too long, um, some of these coaches that, you know, that you value will go elsewhere. Um, so, Cause I, th- I feel like a lot of good coaches have been like kind of picked up early, um, regardless of if it's Sam Cassell or not. Um, I, to me, why not? If you want Sam Cassell, get Sam Cassell now. If you want whoever, get him now. Because the longer you wait, um, they're gonna, they're, there can be another team that's out there that wants to get, get that same coach and they may be re- re- ready to do it like right now. Or is it, I mean, have we even fathomed the thought that maybe from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. that this may not be a very uh, exciting or very uh, mm. or an opportunity that most coaches that are well experienced that have been in the NBA for a while and have that uh, prerequisite coaching experience that I'm sure that front office and the fan base are looking for, um, do this as a as a opportunity where they can be successful long term. Ray, what do you think? I mean, you don't, do you think well, the teams? the good part mm-hmm. is out of the remaining vacancies, the Wizards don't have the worst vacancy. Orlando clearly is the yeah, one that nobody bad. wants at this point, which is why uh, they don't have a strong candidate. I know they interviewed Becky Hammond, and they had a couple of other guys that they were interested in, but Orlando's in a true rebuilding situation. Washington, to me, is a better job than Portland. I know people argue that because uh. many sit at Portland – Oh, no. <laughs> they're dedicated to winning. They want to win. But if you look at the core pieces, and we don't know what Denny's going to be. I'm talking about, of course, Brad, Russ. Yeah. I'm going to throw Rui, Rui in the mix, a young Denny who's still, again, 19 years old, 6'8", can defend, can shoot. There's upside. You can build around this, these guys 
in the Eastern Conference that the Wizards, if healthy, can finish in the top five. I feel like a coach should want to come in and further develop what mm-hmm. this group already started this season because they finished on such a high note. I'm talking about the regular season mm-hmm. and playing. Why not come in and say, all right, I can, I can advance this group to go from top eight to top five. And they really contend because if you're top five, you'll get a matchup maybe against like a, a Hawks team that you can yeah. compete against. The Sixers were just a bad matchup and, and it just hurt. Yeah. I feel like they would at least got two games from Brooklyn possibly and or two games from the Milwaukee. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. No, others might disagree. But I, I don't think it's as bad a job as some make it out to be. Although many question Ted's ability to run a successful basketball operation. Yeah, I've heard about that. I, I don't know if it's better than Portland. Cause, I mean, once you got to do like Dame, it's a, that's a whole different argument. Uh, but I, I see you coming from it. You talking about it as a whole. Um, I think that the, you know if you're if you're a coach, there's I mean there's jobs. That, I mean, the, of, of a job that's available. I mean, you're definitely competing with New Orleans, regardless of what, I mean, you want to see what's going to happen with Zion, you know, because there's talks about Zion, Zion wants to leave New Orleans, but that's, a, I think that's a, a, a landing spot that many coaches would like to kind of have them you know, to have their hands in, you know what I mean? Because there's a bunch of young talent, though you have to make sure they, they sign, they have to make sure they sign certain players or bring certain players back, or if they want to go a different direction, but that's a, that's a that's a team that I can see a coach wanting to kind of tackle or to, or take the opportunity uh, to coach. Um, but yeah, the Wizards to me just depends on what you're looking for um, and what you think about the long term with say uh, Bradley Bill Westbrook. To me, it's all predicated on Bradley Bill. Is he really going to be there? You know, throughout you know for three, four, five years. Um, if you can get that commitment, yeah. If I'm a coach, I would definitely want to coach uh, Bradley Bill. Um, because right now he's in the prime of his NBA b- basketball career, so why not? You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Amphire Media, AmphireMedia.com. Anybody got anything else to say before we go to break? Or somebody has something to say? <laughs> Oh uh, well, see, I didn't know if you were going to ask the the Russell Westbrook, or you wanted me to ask the Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill question. Oh, ask you ask that. Go uh, for it, bro. Go for it. No, because um, I do think that both of them, of course, I mean, it's obvious that they're going to be involved in the hiring process. Mm-hmm. I feel as though Brad should have more input than Russ because this is who you build your team around. Russ has only been there a year, and Scott was his guy. Now, you know, at this point, I know he had a lot of triple doubles. But he was brought in, in my eyes, to be a complimentary piece to Bradley Bill. Now, a co-star, technically. Mm-hmm. But still, Brad should have the most input. And if he does, he bounces and that stuff. So you've got to have to turn people instead of people to make that transition. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad, you brought up an interesting uh, aspect. You know, when we were talking about the Bradley Bill, I would say because he could potentially leave after and you know the next two years. Um, how committed to how truly committed to the organization is he for one? Two, have you had some type of wink wink from him or his agent? Let you know, hey, I want to be here in the long term because realistically. And Bradley Bill's contract, Bradley Bill, um, going into the 2023 season to be 30 years old. And we all know that that's that point in the player's career where they're like, okay, um, it isn't working here. I don't necessarily have the high profile that I feel I deserve 
you know, from a national standpoint, will Bradley Bill say, okay, um, I'm going to go to greener pastures, whether those greener pastures are in Los Angeles, Miami, New York, yeah. or some other organization where he feels he can, um, that's more readily equipped to win a, to win a, uh, NBA title. You see, and here's and, where go ahead, Ray. I think, oh, go ahead, Will. No, because the only thing I was going to add is that the, there's a rumor out. I mean, I'm sure you heard about it, Ray. There's a rumor out there about Bill. Um, and, uh, the rumor is that it's, I mean, I think was it Colin Coward said that, I don't know who his source was, but he says Bill doesn't want to be in DC. He wants to team up with um, Jason Tatum, and he's ready to go. He's willing to go to Boston. Um, I think I heard this like yesterday. I heard this yesterday, and so that's that's. Impl- I mean, we all know they t- he's tight with Jason Tatum. That's the only thing that I can see Brad to get Bradley Bill out of DC is if there's an opportunity to play with Jason Tatum in Boston, or yeah, in Boston, because I don't think Boston's not letting Jason Tatum go. So that's the only that's the only way I can see Brad yeah. leaving DC. To be honest with you, Tatum signed a long-term deal. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, here's, what I'm saying. here's what I think it's predicated on. That's a that's a whack rumor because him and Jason Tatum are tight. Just like there was a picture posted of Quinn Cook and Brad, and, it, and all these people started posting. Oh, yeah. they're playing together next season. Yeah, there's no indication that Quinn is going to be a wizard. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to necessarily take that uh, in, into consideration yeah. until we get some more strong sources yeah. that report that. But mm-hmm. here's what I feel, and here's what I've been hearing. Brad is playing on Team USA. Yeah. Let's say Brad goes out there and he fries with other stars in that squad, including Kevin Durant. Then I could totally see Brad saying, you know what? I'm in demand to play anywhere, and I know I can hoop. Mm. But if Brad goes out there and he's an afterthought playing against these other talented guys in the league, then he's going to say, I'm going to stay put in D.C. because I know I'm going to be the alpha dog. I'm going to have the ball in my hands. Facts. I think I said that. And he's just beginning to develop as a closer. Like, I'm watching Chris Middleton finally develop into this guy that you can get the ball to home on the road, in-game, I mean, big-game situations, <laughs> late-game situations. I mean, it's taking a minute, but he's getting, he's gotten there now. And I'm like, okay, this is where Brad needs to go to. Uh, because Wally, Wally always talks about guys that can make shots that lead up to, you know, that big shot but not make the shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Paul George seems to be, like, on the cusp of that, too. Like, Paul George makes big plays all the time. But when it really matters, he seems to struggle. Facts. <laughs> Brad is committed to getting better every summer. I think Brad can become that guy. But if Brad goes out on Team USA in Tokyo and he gets buckets, I think he's a goner, bro, because he's going to say, you know what, if I can hoop amongst these times, the guys still get my numbers, then I can go to another organization and win. Uh, yeah, Facts. that's true. That's true. I, Ray mentioned Chris Middleton. Matter of fact, they're playing tonight in the Eastern Conference uh, semis. I mean, semis finals against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young will not play, but we'll talk about all that after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saying. With the conference finals, eight the conference finals, baby. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> what it do? I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media, and I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America, while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play. Users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fancy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR, and much more. 
Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap can be annoying. Monkey Knife Fight has various jackpot contests such as Home Run Derby, which is the MLB $5,000 jackpot on Fridays, and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA $2,500 jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com. And don't forget to sign up using the code URBAN. Again, that's Urban, that's U-R-B-A-N, Urban. Hey, help me make you great. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy, part of Ampire Media. That's ampiremedia.com. Last night against the Phoenix Suns facing elimination, the Los Angeles Clippers forward Paul George scored 41 points, leading the Clippers to a big game five road victory. The Suns are up 3-2 in the series. So far, what are your thoughts on the series? Oh man, this is this has been a, a entertaining series. I, I think you get you get to see the um, you get to see two two coaches coaching well in this series. To be honest with you, I haven't I, I haven't been the biggest Tyron Tyron Lue fan in in the past, but with this this group uh, during this uh, playoff run, uh, he's been very impressive. And you know, Monty has made you know has done great has done great the whole year, and even in this series, we, we remember to play with DeAndre Ayton for that uh, that lob dunk to win the game. Uh, so and just to draw up that kind of play. So to me, you know, what sticks out to me in this in this series is just the coaching. The coaching has been kind of has been top flight, to be honest with you. It's been some of the highest level of coaching I've seen in this. I haven't seen I haven't seen in this, such a long time in the series. Yo, I love the psychological battle between these two teams. Yeah. What's hilarious mm-hmm. is the Clippers came out desperate, mm-hmm. obviously last game because they knew they were to bring elimination. Yeah. And Phoenix came out chill, knowing that they could beat them. But the Clippers are like. In the games that you've beaten us, you haven't beaten us by much, even Facts. at your house. So we know we can beat y'all. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix got this swagger now, which I think hurt them last game because they were a little bit too relaxed. And they just knew they were going to make a run, which they did. But the Clippers responded well. And what can you say about Boogie Cousins coming out in game five and hooping? I was like, yes, it's good to see him kind of now getting back healthy and being a key contributor. Of course, Marcus Morris. So the role players stepped up big for the, for the Clippers, obviously. And the Suns, they have an exciting team. But if Cameron Payne is jacking up threes and he's not making them, he's nowhere near as beneficial to your squad. In addition to that, the Suns always go for the big punch. They always go for that three where they want to set the crowd off. And usually, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, they make these threes. Mm-hmm. But last game, they, they just didn't fall. Those, those big counter punches just didn't land as an as a old to boxing, as we're going to talk <laughs> at the end of the show. But I just love the psychological warfare because they both feel like they're better than the other. Mm-hmm. And at times, it shows. I love Phoenix confidence, and I know people are saying if Kawhi was here, it wouldn't even be close. Man, when the Clippers had Kawhi, they struggled at times, like in the Mavericks series. But 
what stands out to me even bigger than the coach of Wole, I know we love Monty, is both of these teams, they strap, as Wole says. Yeah. We love defense on this mm. show because our home team does not play any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but now, and to also in the series, what I like about, you know, and I'll, I'll, I just kinda, I just want to put the bid about the Paul, the Paul George playoff performance, whatever. Like, to me, you know, if it was somebody else that's dropped 40, 41, in a in a in an elimination game, in a game that your backs your backs your back is against the wall, you know what I mean. You're going against a team that has a bunch of momentum, and you drop 41 to force it to an extra game. We would be gassing that player up, like we would be gassing him up. If it was Giannis, we'd be gassing him up. If it was KD, we'd be gassing him up. But it's Paul George. It's like, oh, okay, you know what I mean. So I think he deserves props. He can put this thing to di- to bed that he can't perform in the postseason. Uh, if you look at his stats, he can perform in the postseason. Does he come up short? Yes, he does. You know what I mean? I can name you a couple of players who've done it often in the postseason. We, I can name LeBron. LeBron did it against the Mavericks in the finals. LeBron at the free throw line. We've seen LeBron miss multiple clutch free throw shots. You know what I'm saying? So to me, you know, he gets a different rap. Like obviously, because he probably because he came out with that playoff P stuff. But still, when we look at fact, just being factual and talk about his play. There are not too many basketball players that can do what Paul George does. Like he plays defense. He scores. He rebounds, he passes, he, he facilitates. That is to me uh, an example of a, of a high quality basketball player. So, you know, for all the people out there who just want to kind of like rag on him, you know, sometimes y- y'all got to stop the hate. The hate is too much. Like if he plays bad, okay, I get it. But when he plays good, put that same energy out there when he plays good. Like put that same amount of energy. Don't go quiet. Don't go quiet at all. Like and, and acknowledge it. You know what I'm saying? Like just acknowledge it because – Dude balled out like 41 on the road in the in the Western Conference Finals. That that's not no nah, man. That's you got scared. You got ballers out there who are play, who play at the highest level get scared at the moment. That's 41. Or do you feel like he's Scotty Pippen? He's Scotty. He's Scotty. Even KD has had like the the KD game, or you can go back and watch that but, LeBron game. Dwight yeah. Howard's had him. Many players have had the game where it's but this is that on you it's gonna live on. But you don't right. think this game is that that game? Like the dudes to shot for like a crazy percentage for again, this is an elimination he game did. for him. Like not this like is Paul not George. this is not like this this is it's because it's Paul George. To be honest with you, right? It's because it's Paul George. Because if it was somebody else, uh, we okay. this would be that game. This would be that game. If Dwayne Wade did what Paul George did, it would be a Dwayne that would be a highlighted game. We would be talking about this that game for, for a while. You're down again, you're down. Like the way, and especially the way that game started. The way it started, it was like, oh, he playing like some ish. Like he looks scared out there. Then all of a sudden, he gets, he comes back in the second quarter and he just turns up. Like on the second half, he just turns up. Like for, I think he had like 20, like in a quarter or 20 and a half or whatever. 20, yeah, I think 20 and a quarter or something like that. And he just went ham. And he was hitting all types of shots. Dude was hitting step backs. He was hitting three points. Like if the, if Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Melo, if they did this in the postseason, you don't think we'd be gassing them up? You don't think ESPN, Fox, all them dudes would be gassing them up? Yes, they would. So I just felt like it was that game. It's 40. It's 40 with, I think it's 41 with like, what, double-digit rebounds? Shooting way over 50%? You know, I think he had like six assists. I think it depends on how the series plays out. I don't think it's so disrespectful to Paul George. I like Paul George, and I think he gets way too much criticism. I'm right on board with you. I hope you know that anyway. But my point is, a good example was last season in the bubble. Yeah. Utah had Denver 3-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray was putting up crazy numbers. And, crazy. of course, just like Paul George, it was talked about 
but it wasn't like Jamal Murray has arrived. But when they came back and won that series, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Jamal Murray has arrived. So yeah. Paul George, if he goes, to, if he advances to the finals, mm-hmm. I feel as though this series will will be remembered, especially without Kawhi as the Paul George series. Yeah. But without that, unfortunately, he does not get a fair shake. You're right. Yeah, I just think that it's kind of it's interesting. It is really. Will I don't want to phase you out, Will? Because you know you you saying I phase you out sometimes, Will. I mean, you you took the ball, <laughs> froze me out. You know, but it, I'm not going to do that to you. Good. No. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, but no, uh, Paul George is, you know, um, Paul George had an amazing game. Um, this is, as you said, Wole, Wole, I think both of you both said this. If Paul George is able to get this team over the hump, mm-hmm. come back from a 3-1 um, deficit without Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. him being the primary ball him being the primary ball handler, the playmaker, facilitator, everything, this would do this would do uh, a lot for Paul George's image. Mm. But on the flip side, you have another guy on that other side, um, Chris Paul. Oh yeah, right? go. yeah. Chris Paul is a guy who, you know, I know we've had this debate many times before, but I think when people reflect on his career, people will say uh, Chris Paul is potentially one of the top five point guards of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Ball, but he hasn't had as much team success, right? Yeah. Meaning this is the first time he ever gotten to the Western Conference final. He's never advanced to the NBA final. And he's up. He's currently up three to two. Let me, guy, let me ask you guys this. Who needs to advance more for image purposes, Paul George or Chris Paul? This is tough. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say Paul George because I just feel like he gets natural – he gets natural hate. Um, he just does. It's, I think ever since you said the the, the playoff peak thing, it's kind of like grown into something else. I would say Paul George. Right. I'm going to I'm going to say uh, I, this is probably not the popular opinion, but I'm going to say Paul George as well mm-hmm. because Chris Paul, in spite of what you just said, will everywhere he goes, the team makes the playoffs, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, the, the the teams are relevant. He elevates his big men. He does a lot of good things. He makes young players better. Mm-hmm. He does a whole lot. And so his image will be positive regardless. But Paul George, when he went toe-to-toe with LeBron back in those Pacers Heat matchups, he elevated himself to this status. And then it's like people are waiting for him to kind of go further on the incline. And instead, he hasn't necessarily – I know it's been injury. um, Injury is part of that too. But Paul George needs to be in the NBA Finals on the biggest stage because if he does make the NBA Finals and possibly win – there's no argument. He's a Hall of Famer. And like, he, he's submitted as a Hall of Famer and, and an all-time great for real. Well, I disagree with both of you. Okay. Here's why. Mm-hmm. I think it's Chris Paul. Okay. As I stated earlier, you know, Chris Paul, we, 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 uh, whenever we think of the greatest players in the NBA, which, I'm, which, you know, I think Chris Paul will go down in history as one of the better players. Me too. Um, Me in too. In the NBA. He definitely will go down the best point guard of his era. Mm-hmm. We all say, we, we say, you know, they didn't win the championship, but at least they got their team to a championship, right? Yeah. That's kind of the gauge of what we think, how we measure a great player or a player who's the best at his position during an extended period of time. And when we go and we measure Chris Paul, you know, we'll say, yeah, he was the best point guard during a period of time, but people will say, but he really, because he never got his team over the hump and got his team to at least the NBA Finals, where at least, you know, guys like Stockton, Malone, Hewing, 
um, Barkley, those guys at least got their team to the NBA Finals. Whereas Chris Paul, but, he's never gotten his team past yeah. the uh, the fine the conference finals. Yeah. We'll see. Is T Mac all time great? In my opinion, no. He's one of the best wow. scorers ever. Wow. You don't think it's, I mean, that's just my opinion. No, I get you. I get you. He's one of the best it's crazy. scorers you, ever. Vince yeah. Carter. It's a lot of all-time greats that just, for whatever reason, don't advance. But you know they're, like, all-time great players. But you know what about – is about – yeah, that's a good point. Um, It's tough. That's that's tough. And well, how I look at Chris Paul, I look at him like how I look at – before. it's like at this, at this point in time in his career, how I look at Jason Kidd. Like Jason – well, Jason Kidd got to a – he got to the finals though. That's a little different. He won. He won. He won no, well, so this is the thing. This is the thing. Before that though, he went. Don't forget, like he won. He won with Dallas. Like later on, I'm just talking about this point. He got the next there. Yeah, it was like he got the next there twice though. Yeah, yeah. He, that's what I'm saying he let them twice. So it was a little different. Like it's yeah. a little. You're right. It's a little different. Yeah, you know what? I mean, Chris Paul had some bad luck, man. I kind of look at situations though too, man, because that's why I like injuries. Injuries. yeah injuries. And then to me, it, it you know we, we forget the basketball is a team game. It's a team sport, and Sometimes Chris Paul does his job. Like, he does his job. Um, I think a lot, especially with the Clippers. With the Clippers, he was doing his job. You had dudes out there who played well all season, and then when they got to the postseason, they forgot how to play basketball. Um, Blake Griffin being, you know, the guy that everybody was marketing, and that's the one I'm talking about. So it's just, it's tough, man. It really is. Like, we go into a, a you know, you go into a series thinking, like, all right, his teammates are kind of left, but they're, they're leaving him, and he's, he's the only one to do it. I've seen it, we've seen it, I've seen it in terms of, Watching the Lakers with Kobe Bryant, um, you know, did Kobe played well in a bunch of series. I'm t- this is post Shaq before they got Paul Gasol, and nobody else helped them out. But that that lo- them losses weren't on him. It was basically really was on his teammates because his teammates ain't show up. So it's just tough, man. It's tough. I, I think I think CP and, and Steve Nash are very similar. Mm. Had really good teams. You ran into some great teams. Yeah, like, that's he ran it. into the Warriors. Speaking of CP three, mm-hmm. and he ran into. Of course, he, um, in New Orleans, he, he would run into uh, the, the top heavy Western Conference. And that team wasn't that good you know either. has been just yeah. dominant, man. The Lakers, Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant. Mm-hmm. He, he ran into some tough squads. A la Steve Nash ran into Kobe Bryant constantly. And it's, it's hard to say that he's not all-time great even yeah. at this point. Do you know, like Steve Nash, I think, is all-time great, even though he never, I don't think, advanced to the, the finals. I think he may have gotten to a Western Conference yeah. finals. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It really is tough to measure that, in my opinion. But you know what? To that point, though, I actually thought of, like, for instance, like, he played, like you said, he played some tough teams, bro. Like, even the New Orleans teams he was he was on, that, that team overachieved, like, because he was so good. Because Chris Paul was so good. Like, their second best player was David West, you know, an undersized four, right? That was their second best player. So it was like, then you're playing against the Lakers. You know, you're playing against some teams that would, the Lakers, you're playing San Antonio. Those are teams that, are better than you in terms of their their roster. It's almost like, for instance, like when AI got to the finals, right? And they were playing the Lakers. And you're like, yeah. I mean, AI was a dog, and he could do what he could do, but you didn't see them beating the Lakers for real. You know what I'm saying? You were surprised they took that first game, but it was just like, all right, it's just, you know, it is what it is. So it's just like Chris Paul coaches. And to me, when Chris Paul is in the postseason, it's either it's either he gets that situation or like you Ray mentioned, there's an injury. Like he was gonna beat Golden State that year, but he had an injury. You know what I'm saying? Like they were gonna be Houston was gonna beat Golden State that year. They had a good chance to beat Golden State. Then he I think it was a hamstring injury, a groin injury or whatnot, and you didn't get the best of Chris Paul. That's true. That's very true, but 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's circumstantial. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, a good no, topic, no, though. The, it's a good topic. You all made about uh, no the the points you all made about Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter. Do we really consider them the greatest greatest players of all time, or do we? Oh yeah, consider them great players for their period. It's hard for me. Like I feel bad for Trace. <laughs> so Trace McGrady is different to me because I just feel like he could have injuries really after that dude up. Um, <laughs> I just think that in terms of the eye test, he's one of he's one of the more talented dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like just as a as all around basketball player, I just thought Trace McGrady, and he was a superstar. It's just that you know injuries play a part. Just like when I watched Grant Hill, to be honest with you, um, I'm like Grant Hill to me is one of the best players I've ever seen in terms of uh on that basketball court. But injuries kind of play a part. So if, you, if you're telling me about longevity um in terms of, of a career then yeah will i know what you're saying and probably not but if you're talking about in the now in in that time uh playing basketball at at, at his uh, at his peak percent um his peak 100 percent yes i think he was just like i think penny hardaway i think penny hardaway was one of the best players period if but in terms of longevity he wasn't but when he was healthy there wasn't many people in terms of an impact on his team just like trace mccready an impact on their team that can do what they did See, when you say great players who, I mean, great scorers who ne- weren't necessarily great players, I can't put T-Mac in that category. I might put Melo in that category. You put Melo? Mashburn, really? guys who, they, they, enter, they entertain. <laughs> Melo is an all-time great, in my opinion. I'm about to I say, yeah, I, I love Melo, man. No, no more, uh, I see, I'm biased, I'm biased, so you know, like, I'm not championship that season. But, but I, that's what I'm saying, I want to be objective here. Many will say that Carmelo Anthony is one of the greatest all-time scorers, but he wasn't, and he's not one of all-time greats because... Again, like Will T's talking about, he didn't elevate his team hmm. to higher heights. Denver definitely made the playoffs under him, which is dope. Mm-hmm. But in terms of him leading a team to a championship or getting even close, he never he never really got to that stage. However, I just don't see T-Mac as that guy. I think T-Mac was, as, in, as Kobe said, was one of the most comparable guys to a guy like Kobe or Jordan. Um, it's just for whatever reason – he never got past the first round. That is a huge asterisk, though. Yeah. But I, I still consider him one of the all-time guys. Um, Steve Nash, too, I think, as well, even though he never re- reached, quote-unquote, the pinnacle. Yeah. So it all depends on how you measure uh, one's career. And, Will T, what you're saying is not necessarily wrong. I, I can't say that either one of us are wrong. However, you know, <laughs> hard, we got the bro. ones that make decisions. Hopefully one day we'll get some votes. And basketball Hall of Fame is easy anyway. And anybody, and it goes off your college stuff too. So it, it is what it is. Basketball, you know, you, Christian Leitner's in a basketball Hall of Fame. So it is, you know, you don't have to be the best. Pro basketball Hall of Fame. No, no, it's the same I, thing. No, it's all, it's all one. It's all one. You know that, right? It is. Yeah, it's all one. Mm-hmm. Naismith, it's the oh, Naismith Hall of Fame. It's the, it's all one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Naismith Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, why. It is. You're right. Yeah, it's the I easiest hall. I, I could have did a wall and argued you down. That's all good. It's the easiest hall. I call it the easiest, easiest hall of fame. So all you need to do is have a, a certain level of success. Go ahead, Chris Middleton. Take us to the next segment. Hey, you know, because <laughs> you know you like you like Chris Middleton. You sweat just like that, Bama. And plus, <laughs> I do. You, know you, you grew into the big shot guy <laughs> over time. <man. laughs> I hate you, dog. Hey, right. Is the game going on right? The game's on right now, right? Is it, is it on? Absolutely. Yep. What's the score right now? Dedicated to the USS right now. No, I'm about to watch right now. I'm not, look, dude, don't. I was, I was watching my man Ross because I have a fancy baseball team. All right, yeah, you're right. 59 Atlanta. Right now, game four is uh, between Atlanta and uh, Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks is going on. Just like like I just mentioned, now it's 11:15. Uh, the Bucks are up two one in the series. Um, 
your thoughts of the series right now? Uh, I'm talking about Will T, man. Will. Uh, I think it's an interesting series. Um, without um, Trey Young playing, I you know I firmly believe that the Bucks will be able to close this out. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if the, if it'll be tonight. Yeah. But I do think that the Bucks will be able to clean to. Um, well, excuse me. That they can't, they can't um, close it out tonight because they're they're only up two one. Uh-huh. But um, without Trey Young in the lineup tonight, um, I believe they go up three one, and from there it's going to be very tough for Atlanta to get back into the series. Even though I selected Atlanta to win the series before the series started. Okay. Hmm. Right. Do you want me to jump in? Oh, on I this? apologize. I thought we'll let you were next. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, you know what? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go anyway. Uh, so go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I do like. I like this series. I like the series. Um, I think that to me, you know, <laughs> Middleton. You know, that Middleton is a dude that I've kind of like. Ray knows. I've kind of, kind of, I've kind of had his back like throughout the years. I felt like to me, he's always been. If you're looking at the last three minutes or the fourth quarter for the Milwaukee Bucks, he's been like. I heard. Uh, Kendrick Perkins mentioned this, and I kind of agree with him. He's been the Batman for this team down the stretch over the last couple of seasons as, you know, as their dude they go to in clutch time. And it's cool to see that he's kind of taking it to another level because Ray's right. You know, he's an individual that typically does that on at home, doesn't usually do that on the road. Uh, but in this series, he's had a, he's had, he had a big game, uh, game three on the road against this uh, Atlanta, Atlanta squad. So, to me, I think his maturation process is getting better. He's getting more confident. Um, I think having Drew Holiday has helped him out too, to be honest with you. But, um, it's been a real interesting series. I think I've, I've had so much respect for Trey Young. You know, I didn't think of Trey Young being that big time player come out of college. I thought he was kind of like a, a copycat of Steph and it wasn't going to work out for him. But, um, I, lo- I love the way he's growing up, um, in the, in the, in the regular season under Nate McMillan and in the postseason. So I just think right, right now, you know, arguably you're, we're talking about, the best young point guard in basketball, and it's a shame that he's he's hurt and missing in this game. All right, watch what I'm about to do. Young podcasters out there, take notes, pull out your pens, your pads, All right, go ahead. your recorders. So, it's three happening. things real quick. A, John Collins wants to be a max player. It's time to step up when your man is down. Mm. Show teams that you are that guy so you can get that bag this summer. Secondly, Clint Capella, you're going to play a lot of minutes tonight, bro, because you got to slow Giannis down. If you're going to win without Trey Young. And thirdly, Atlanta has shooters all across the board. They can totally still win this game at home. But the last thing I want to say, again, take notes. Atlanta simply is not a sports town. The Hawks crowd <laughs> isn't good. But Javante Davis sold out that arena the night before, oh, last weekend. And the crowd was even louder for Javante Davis fight than they have been for the Hawks. There you go, Javante Davis. Anyway, that's, that's dope, bro. I see, I see, I see your transition. That was good, dog. You want to talk about Javante right now? Let's do it, bro. We can do that. Let's talk about Javante, man. Uh, Javante, Tank Davis, um, knocked out. It was a Bar- Barrios, yeah, Barrios in the well, TKO Barrios in the eleventh round, uh, and to become the WBA super super lightweight, right? Barrios, man. Yes, I said Barrios. I said Barrios. Oh, it's Barrios or Barrios? It's, I said Barrios like Rios. Barrios, thank you, Ray Jesus. Appreciate you. That's why I love I love the team, bro. I love the Bola team. Didn't watch the fight. I did watch the fight. I didn't look at the. I didn't watch. I had it on like. Vaccinated Wally is thirstier than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the fight, bro. I watched it, but the like you know the audio. I wasn't listening. I was watching it. Just didn't listen to it. Um, 
But yeah, uh, dude was yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead, carry on. Anyway, Ray, messing me all up. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start. Start I'll off, start. bro. Oh, did you want me to start? Somebody start. I don't care. No, bro, you gotta talk. You gotta <laughs> okay. talk. Go I'm have a lot to say, but I think this will summarize my thoughts. Okay. For this fight and beyond. Okay. Because it was a step up in weight, of course, which we all know. It was a great and fight, man. Barrios, Barrios, similar to Leo Santa Cruz, he was he was putting his hands on Tank. Mm. I know that Tank said he was kind of. Filling him out to see what his power was like because he had never fought at 140, which is a smart. However, once he realized, once Tank realized that Barrios couldn't hurt him, that's when Tank went in. And of course, Floyd Mayweather says, unofficially, you're down. And that motivated Tank but to get yeah. the knockout. Tank, his power transcends to me all the way up to 154. If he oh, my God. High, it's real, bro. Which he won't, by the way. He won't. I mean, he's, he's uh, obviously that guy at, at 135, 140. He is the biggest draw outside of TFE, what I can think of. What I will say beyond that is we don't know what Tank's fight next fight is going to be, and I'm annoyed about what, what Floyd say, said afterwards. And to paraphrase that, we're staying in-house. We're, we're looking to build the PBC brand because that means I'm not fighting Tiafimo. I'm not fighting Lomachenko. I'm not fighting Devin Haney. I'm not going to fight Ryan Garcia. I do not like the way Tank is being managed because Tank is just that good. He mm-hmm. has the power to knock out anyone to stay within PBC. If you want to be stubborn, knowing that you're still going to make a on the money, then fight. Then, I mean, pair Tank Davis up against uh, Mikey Garcia at one thirty-five yeah. one forty. Yeah, I thought about that too. And that would be the perfect step-up fight for him to see is he still that guy? Because Mikey Garcia, I mean, look at what he did to to Adrian Broner mm-hmm. and and to Robert Easter. Mikey Garcia is that he's he's uh, a top fighter mm-hmm. in the PBC stable. At 135 and can fight at 140. To me, that's going to be Tank next. Tank's next fight. It should be at least. Or if you're not, go for the bigger money and pair him up against Tiafimo. Go after all the belts. Like stop playing, Floyd. Like it's frustrating. I feel like Gary Russell Jr. Now <laughs> I'm frustrated with how Tank's being managed because I get, I get what I get what Floyd is doing, and and it's not necessarily a bad strategy because Tank. He's a draw. He's a bigger draw than all the guys I named outside mm-hmm. of maybe Ryan Garcia. And T.O. And T.O. I'll argue T.O. too. T.O. But I, I'm talking about in terms of like Devin Haney and others. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a bigger – he's a draw. Devin Haney's not a draw because he doesn't knock people out. Mm-hmm. And neither is Shakur because they're the same reason. Yeah. But Tank – come on, bro. Tank, is, Tank has that power that he can he can beat anybody. He can knock out anybody on any given time. Pair him up against the best, man. But Mikey Garcia is a great PBC man. I'm just done. Uh, Ray, you, you, you mentioned Mikey. <laughs> no, go ahead. My, my turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your turn, uh, Will. Uh, Ray, you mentioned. Yeah, you re- you mentioned Mikey Garcia. That would be, you know, uh, probably one of the ultimate matchups for Javante Tank Davis. Um, Tank Davis is uh, Tank has proven to be a, a huge draw, specifically in Atlanta. He's kind of carved out that Atlanta market. For himself, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of, you know, who he who he faces next. Um, Ray, you you did mention, you know, his promoter Floyd Mayweather Jr. His comments about, you know, we're going to build up the Mayweather PBC brand and keep the, you know, keep the the next fight in house, and that is exactly what's wrong with boxing. That's mm-hmm. ultimately going to lead to what led to the uh, dwindling popularity of boxing and why platforms like a platform like uh, thriller is able to, you know, put on these exhibition fights. 
and entertain people because ultimately people want to see people want entertainment, but more but more realistically, the sports fans want to see great want to see the best boxers yeah. fight each other. Uh-huh. The only way you're going to be able to sustain boxing, but I do understand. Excuse me, with Floyd Mayweather Jr. is coming from kind of that conflict of interest where he's like, look, man, I don't, care. you know, I'm sure he cares about boxing, but he cares about that PBC and that Floyd May- and Mayweather promotions first. And when you have a megastar like Ken Davis, who has all of the attributes, young, fast, powerful, um, not afraid to get in there um, and fight, you know, at times inside of a phone booth, you don't want to easily um, detract from that, you know, from, from his projected path. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the guys, the guy you did, you just mentioned, you know, will be a, 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 you know, outside of Mikey Garcia, one of the guys you mentioned, um, Gary Russell Jr. That would be an interesting it. matchup. If, huh? I would love that. I mean, it's PBC too, right? And it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, I don't know if, if Gary is, Specifically signed to mm-hmm. PBC. Um, I know he has a relationship. Yeah, I mean a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that would be an interesting matchup. That would be a great matchup for you know for Prince George's County and Baltimore. Something that could be held, you know, at the Capital One Arena mm-hmm. <clears throat> or in Baltimore at the Royal Farms Arena. It'd be an interesting matchup with Gary Russell Jr. Speed. Um, I I know that. Um, when we spoke to him kind of offline, um, he mentioned, you know, potentially going up to 135, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I, I would assume if, you know, if he were to make the jump to 135, his speed would transition well in that power. And I think that would be a great matchup for Tank. Yeah, that would be a great matchup. Yeah, Tank don't want to do it. He don't want to do it. Tank don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He said Gary Russell's too small yeah. and then he, he can't fill up. He can't fill up the small MGM, so he don't feel like it'll be a good market fight. But they know, but you know, um, Gary's not under contract with nobody right now. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, Gary Antoine is though. Yeah, one forty. Yeah, I, I think he could. I think he can fight with the best. But go ahead, my bad. Well, no, no, no and, I, and it's it's a, it's an interesting point. I mean, we've talked about that. You know, that potential of that fight that would be great for the area. Like Will T said, that would be amazing, right? I think that's something that would be organically appe- appeasing for people not just in this area but outside right because you'll see the hypeness of just that you know baltimore versus you know prince george's county whatever whatever way you want to spin it right and people will see it outside and even in even within this area right it'll just it would be big i think it would be real big and it's something that i think would be entertaining be it's a winnable it's a winnable fight for tank to be honest with you to be real with you so it's not a fight that you know in terms of the people he's been fighting um, it's something, it's, they're similar to what Gary can pr- provide. I mean, not obviously not the hand speed, but they're similar in terms of, I'm not sure if Tank would fear Gary's his power, to be honest with you. Um, so it, I, it's a fight that I think it could happen. Uh, it should happen and I would like to see it happen, but who knows, man? I'm kind of like over the whole Tank versus Gary thing. I'm trying to look at what, like a real, a realistic fight for Tank. You know what I'm saying? Like Mikey, I think is a fight that, would be would be dope um i do i agree with you will tito like this whole thing about you know he's gonna fight only in pbc i think it's limiting what he can you know bring to the boxing game in terms of you know building his home his own brand yeah i get like you want to take care of your boxer and you worry about your money uh mayweather worry about his money and his brand but you know what if he beats those dudes like now he's a he's not just he's not just one of the stars he could be the star Yeah, I get it, but you know, this is 
once again, it's the politics. Yeah. This is ultimately going to lead to the, you know, not the demise of boxing. Boxing yeah. has been around for a long time. Yeah. But it's going to continue to be um, minimized in the in popular culture. Yeah, definitely. I do want to see him fight Lomachenko, though. I thought that would be, would be dope. You know what I'm saying? Because after what I saw with Loma, Lomachenko, looked ready. He looked right, too. You know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm Tiafimo Lopez, oh, I'm not yeah. fighting him. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fighting mean, that. <laughs> well, I mean, specifically, you know, Tiafimo Lopez signed the the amendment to his contract yeah. with top rank, with the understanding that you know his next fight, you know, if he makes this defense mm-hmm. um, in August or September, would be him against with him would be him on pay per view, mm-hmm. the SPM pay per view. And we all know what the fight that top that top ranking Bob Arum is going to push is yeah. going to be uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Yeah. It's going to be a rematch with Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez. And you know, will it be, you know, the end of you know, will will we will this be an extension of rounds, you know, nine, ten, eleven, and yeah. twelve? Kind of, you know, even though Lopez Lopez won that last round, yeah, will it be that or will it be a whole nother fight? Mm-hmm. Right, so. Um, It'll be interesting to see, but uh, no, Vasily Lomachenko looked impressive. Yeah. Looked um, as if, you know, he looked like he did prior to the shoulder injury. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, during that Tiafimo Lopez fight. Yeah, he sure did, man. Sure did. So, uh, what, Ray? Uh, what you good? I just said, Bob. Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, well, I'm with Will. I'm just frustrated with Bob. <laughs> Bob Aram has, he's got Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson right there, and won't fight and won't pin them against each other. He also now is going to do a dirty move, as, as Bob Aram does, and he's going to phase out Devin Haney, who Devin Haney was supposed to get Lomachenko, mm-hmm. according to Bob Aram, who said out his mouth, he said, when fans come back, of course, we can do that on pay-per-view. I'll have the deal ready. But the problem with that is, again, politics is he's upset with um, Eddie Hearn because Eddie Hearn put a bid in for the Tiafimo fight, mm-hmm. even though, of course, Triller got it. But after that, Bob Aram is... is now he's not going to let Devin Haney, who Devin Haney is, his contract is up right now. He's not even re-signed to, mm-hmm. to, to Eddie Hearn. So, I, and I know he's not going to sign with no top rank either, though. That's like career suicide. <laughs> because like, where, where's Terrence Crawford? You got, you got. Oh, he mad, got bro. He mad. Man. Fight Manny Pacquiao. He mad. Terrence Crawford sitting at home is terrible. <laughs> he mad, like, man. I don't, under, I, I don't understand top rank at all. Like, I, I'm so annoyed, and uh, like, I'm frustrated as a whole with boxing, but. I just have a certain disdain for for Bob Arum, though. Even though Bob Arum does well, yeah. But I, I think Eddie Hearn is right now. He's at the top of the game. Although you know, PBC ain't far behind with Tank. <laughs> with Tank having I'm knockouts serious, and yeah. showing like he did this yeah, past man. weekend, yeah, man. And you still got the Charlo brothers. You still got Benavidez, of course. You got Earl. That was the wild card. You got Earl Spence. He, he turned down that deal. He turned down the deal to to sign with Al Heyman. Three three years, what seventy five million dollars. So who, who turned he knows out, who? that he can who, sort of freelance and still make more money. So, and not freelance, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Kind of do what Gary Russell does, mm-hmm. and, and he'll sign for just that one fight and make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, and he sees Eddie Hearn is hot. And it's not a bad move, but I would love to see Canelo sign with PBC and shut top rank all the way down. Yeah, I mean, it's close, man. I mean, PBC about to, man, dispense Pacquiao thing about to put Earl on different tax brackets too. So exactly, it's 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 it's, it's getting insane, man. It really is. But hey, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Uh, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amp Papyr Media at amppapyrmedia.com. 
and also, I mean, sorry, and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Hey, thank you all for listening to the Urban Sports, and we appreciate you. Keep listen to us next week. Hopefully, with no technical difficulties. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.